I didn't think that I could go another step. I mean, I was not just exhausted. I was more exhausted than I had ever been in my life. Somebody two weeks before had called me up and thought it might be a good idea if with no training at all, I ran the New York City Marathon. And I was crazy enough to think, that's a good idea. <laughs> and so I went, and I felt like I was going to die. <sighs> I wonder if you've ever been in a season of life that you thought was a good idea and then it wound up being more exhausting than you ever thought possible and couldn't go one more step. I wonder if you and maybe others thought this was a great idea to go in this direction and then found yourself dying inside. I wonder, I wonder if I'm the only one who's ever been done and not have any strength to go on. Today, we're going to talk about what do we do on the long road of suffering. What do we do when we're on the road where nothing that we planned is coming out the way we thought? Where the direction that we're going was farther, like, oh, the mountains are right there, and then we realize, holy cow, no matter how far we walk, the mountains look still that far away. I don't know if you've ever been in a season like that of life. Lots of us, I think, have experienced moments like that. This week was a reminder of a season like that. My mother, uh, she struggles with um, uh, emotional and mental issues. She's a paranoid schizophrenic. She's also bipolar. She's, she's got a whole bunch of stuff that she struggles with. And she was having this week was uh, a week to have like an, her, she was having episodes, like really strong um, episodes. And as I was trying to minister to her and love her and on multiple days, one day I did all right, the next day not so good, but I was just trying to love her well and, you know, walk her through it, it just reminded me of the long season that I had gone through. You know, my mother's been like this for as long as I can remember. And how I didn't think I could go any further. How I didn't think I can go on. Today, we need the text that we're talking about because every one of us will find ourselves in that place where we don't think we can go on. We'll find ourselves worn out. There's no way this kid is going to get any better, we'll say. Or there's no way that my health is going to improve. Or this marriage is hanging on by a thread. Or my health is never going to get any better. And here's the deal. Some of you are right. Like, there's no rainbow 
or happy ending in terms of what you desire for the end outcome to be. It's just painful and difficult and hard. What do you do? What do you do when everything is lost? How do you get through? Now, if you're not at that place now, oh man, I'm so grateful that you're not at that place now. I'm grateful that you're here. I want you to know that you will be someday. And so you should really listen up because this is going to be really important for you. If you are there today, I want you to listen up. There's hope. There are hopes. There's hope in the deserts to drink from the wells that God provides. And I want you to focus and pay attention. Today, we're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter 12. You go, wow, Isaiah chapter 12. I did my devotions this morning on Isaiah chapter 12. Probably not. Isaiah is this incredible book where the prophet, uh, Isaiah is a prophet, and what prophets do is they don't so much predict the future as they tell you the word of God and they explain the word of God. Isaiah is explaining the word of God and he's sharing it with the people. And by the way, this is important because what Isaiah says to the people is in direct proportion to the disobedience that they've had for hundreds of years. So they've disobeyed God, and God goes, oh, oh, okay, this is what's going to happen. For like 10 chapters, 10 chapters, read the first 10 chapters of Isaiah before you go to bed. You won't go to bed. They're horrifying. They're horrifying. 10 chapters of, you've turned from me, and you've harmed yourself. you're going to experience the kind of consequences that are absolutely gut-wrenching. I don't know if you've ever made a bunch of decisions that caused you to go into your own dark night, go into your own desert, and that it didn't last for a little period of time, but it lasted for a long period of time. For them, it lasted for a long period of time, and they created it. But this is not just for people like me who create their own mess. This is for all of us when we find ourselves in difficult circumstances, whether we created it or not. And in chapter 11, after 10 chapters of this horror, chapter 11, Isaiah starts speaking comfort to the people. He starts sharing with them a hope that's found in the midst of their suffering. And then in chapter 12, He sings a song about it. He writes poetry. And as he writes it down, I want you to to see this. This is so profound. We're going to look, we're going to read the entirety. And if you would, there's a tradition we have in our church to stand at the reading of God's word. Would you stand with me? If you're able to, would you stand with me? And would you... Just go ahead and figure out how to mute your phone and, and do all that. We don't want um, any interruptions as we're um, going uh, forward. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Thank you. 
Let's read. In that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day, you will say, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations that he, what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Let's, let's read this together on the count of three. One, two, three. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. This is the reading of God's word. Please have a seat. I love the way chapter 12 starts off. It says this, in that day. The reason Isaiah is telling them in that day is because they're in this day. And it's important that you and I get to know that when we're in this day, we need to, by God's grace, envision that day. That day. Because the moments that you find yourself in won't last forever. The difficulties that you struggle with now won't be for always. The addictions that you struggle with, they're not forever. Listen to me. In that day. In that day, because in this day, we can't bear it on our own. We feel we're being completely crushed by the pressures that are coming on all sides. We don't even think we can breathe our next breath. So Isaiah reminds us that in that day, you will say, not it will be said of you, you will say, you will come to a truth that is deeper than the pain that you know right now. I know that's not possible for some of you to believe right now because of the suffering that you're going through. But in that day, you will say, I will praise you. I will praise you, Lord. And here it is. Listen, guys, I love the Bible. Although you were angry with me, stop right there. That's a rough one, right? Because there's not enough positive affirmations to convince ourselves of some of the sins that we've committed. Isn't that true? I'm telling you. There's not enough positive affirmations in my life for me to convince me that I'm a good father or a good husband. I know my heart. I know my sin. I know how much I've sinned against the Lord just in my family. Although you were angry with me, although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. 
Your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Let's listen to the comfort that he gives. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. My son and I have been going through this verse, um, fear not, for I am with you, because he's at that stage where he's afraid of the dark and afraid of being alone. And uh, I, I just, I just got to remind myself sometimes that I need it more than he does. Fear not, for I am with you. Oh, that's right, that's right. Because you know what comforts my son in those moments? What comforts my son is that either my wife or my daughter or my son or or I myself um, sit next to him. You know why that comforts him? He fears not for his mother's with him. He fears not because his sister, because he figures that his sister or his brother or his mother or his father can, can take any spooky thing in the dark. They can beat up any spooky thing in the dark. Fear not, for I am with you. It's a good reminder for us That even in the dark times, God is more powerful than the dark. Even in the dry seasons, and there are going to be dry seasons. Beloved, listen to me. There are going to be times when you walk through a desert and there's not a drop of water in sight. You feel like you're going to pass out in the sand. This is going to happen. Listen to me. This is going to happen, moms. This is going to happen, dads. This is going to happen. This is going to happen, spouse. This is going to happen with your finances. This is going to happen in every area of life. He has become my salvation. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Have you you seen that twice? God is our salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Let's pause right there, because I think this is important. That when you're walking through the dry times of life, when you're going through the deserts of suffering, when you're experiencing a kind of drought of any hope, in moments like this, there needs to be a reminder that with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Now, can we pause on this? Because I think that this is where we need to kind of camp out and hang out in, because this is, every one of us will experience the kind of times that I've explained just a few seconds ago, where there's no hope, where it feels dark, where it's awful, where everything seems to be going not the way you wanted it to. There's a time when that happens, and you need to be reminded that You can drink from the wells of salvation. Now, salvation in the Bible is is a very interesting word because we, especially when we go to the New Testament, there's there's this concept or there's these three tenses of salvation, right? 
There's the, I was saved. That happened when Jesus died on the cross, dying for my sin, taking on my punishment, and giving me everlasting life. There was, I was saved. Then there was, there, then there is, I am being saved. I am being saved in this moment progressively. God, I need your salvation every day. I'm praying to God every day. God, I need your salvation every day, every day. Save me from this. Save me from that. And then there's, I will be saved. I will be saved. You see this in Ephesians chapter 2. For it is by grace that you have been saved. You see it in 1 Corinthians 1.18. To us who are being saved. That's the present tense. And then in Romans 13, 11, we see it in the future. Salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. That's why, if you, by the way, if you mix this up, that's why some of us think that we can have our salvation today and then lose our salvation tomorrow. Because we're not, we're not familiar with the tenses of salvation. What the writer here is talking about is the kind of 1 Corinthians 1.18 to us who are being saved. We need to experience the wells that God gives. Now, here's the thing. When you're walking through a desert, did you notice that it said wells? It didn't say well. It said wells of salvation. Because when you're walking through the desert, you don't need one big gulp of water in the beginning of it and then one big gulp of water at the end of it. When you're walking through the desert, you need wells. You need oases. You need moments where water, where water is provided for you. Now, you will make your dark time more darker. You will make your dry period more drier. You will make your difficult season more difficult if you don't get what we're about to say right now. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Many of the Christians that I see who at one time are on fire for Jesus and then go stone cold and walk away from the Lord is because they haven't learned that there are wells of salvation, that they need to drink deeply from who God is Every single day, many times, multiple times a day. See, what happens is, here's what happens. A person gets saved, and among us, this happens a lot. Somebody gets saved, and like the lights get turned on, and a miracle happens. And so, you know, we, some of our testimonies are really dramatic, right? Have you ever heard some of our testimonies, right? I was like... I was robbing banks, and, you know, I was worshiping the devil, and I was a witch doctor, and I smoked crack. And then one day, Jesus came in, and no more witch doctor, no more banks, no more, right? Like, everything changed, right? They're very, very dramatic, some of our stories, which I, I, I adore how God saves those of us here who come from that kind of background. And, uh, others of us, by the way, my favorite testimonies is, like, I grew up in the church, I found Jesus more beautiful than anything else, and I never saw the reason to leave, and so I've stayed with the church my whole life. Those are my favorite testimonies. Those are my favorite testimonies. 
the, the testimonies where, like, you know, the testimonies like mine, those are not sexy testimonies. Those are horrible testimonies. Those things cost a lot. But here's what happens. So, right, it, let, let's call it 2020. Some great catastrophe happens, and you get saved, and you, you really experience the presence of the Lord in a really powerful and unique and beautiful way that opens your eyes to the beauty of who God is, right? And then you know what you do after that? Nothing. <laughs> and so you occasionally come to church. And you occasionally, um, you know, and, but, but you're free. Like, you haven't had a drink or a drug in so many days, weeks, months, or years. You're, you're doing well. And then the moment happens. The moment where all your hopes and dreams get dashed on the, light, on the rocks of life. And you are without hope. And listen to me. But you have no wells to drink from. You've, dr- you, you, you've not nurtured yourself. And then with great willpower, you stay clean. You stay. And then you know what happens? You die inside. You die inside, and then you walk away, and then what happens? We'll, we'll see each other three years from that point. And I'll go, hey, I loved seeing you when we used to gather together. I, just, I love the Bible studies we used to do in my office. I love when we used to connect. I haven't seen you in three years. What's going on? Oh, no, 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 no. I've tried that Jesus stuff. It's not for me. It doesn't work. Ah, you found yourself in a desert with nothing to drink. You see, the reason that we need the wells of salvation is because as you go on through life, we need to be reminded, we need to drink deeply of the beauty and the goodness and the wonder of God. Because here's what I know, that life will absolutely crush the hope out of you if your hope is in anything in this life. but that our hope is found in Christ, that changes absolutely everything. Let me give you some wells. Can I give you, can I give you some wells that God has already dug in your life that you, can, that you can actually drink from even now? That if you find yourself in a dark... Let me, here, let me give you one. Gather with other believers... For the sake of enjoying Jesus more. Not just like for a ball game. That's fun. Do that. Please do that. That's very encouraging and that's a well within itself. But gather with believers that, that when you get together, the purpose is to enjoy and be satisfied with Jesus. Would you stop making that an optional idea in your life? So let me give you an idea. So Every Sunday, we gather together here for the sake of enjoying Jesus, learning from Jesus, seeking his face, and then enjoying each other, serving each other, loving each other, and all that. You, listen to me, you're you're walking around parched. You're walking around dry because you haven't drunk from this simple well. It's a consistent, beautiful well in your life. Drink deeply from it.
Just gathering together. Stop making that an optional thing for your life. Sometimes, sometimes I think that we gather together, or the motivation for us gathering together is the same motivation for staying on our diets. You know, like when you get on a diet, you get on a diet because you want to lose 10 pounds, or 50, or whatever it is. And then once you get to that point where you lost all the weight, do you know what you do? You get off the diet. If, if your purpose of not drinking anymore or not whatever anymore is to get so that your wife is not upset with you, you know what happens once your wife stops being upset with you? You go back to drinking. In other words, you achieved your goal. Here's how people come to the service. They come to the service and they go, I feel so terrible. My life is in such shambles. I just need a little bit of hope. And so they come to a service like this one and they hear this incredible band sing and these beautiful women just like, oh my gosh, my heart is so moved. And then they go, oh my gosh, they leave here. I left here feeling so wonderful, feeling so good. And then they, they, the word of God somehow penetrated to their heart. It's like, oh man, I'm going to carry with this with me forever. And then you know what happens, right? They go, I don't need that for like another month or two or till the next tragedy. Because your whole point is just to feel better. But what if your whole point was find Jesus more beautiful, more wonderful, more glorious. And that every time you came back, you found Jesus more beautiful, more wonderful, more glorious. And that you came so that we could do that. And then we could then serve others by letting them know how Jesus is more beautiful and more wonderful. Do you see how that just grows our joy in Christ? It's a well that God has given us to drink from. Another well that God has given us is scripture. Would you just please, would you just start reading scripture? Just start reading. I don't know where to begin. At, listen, at this point, if you've been coming around for a while, just go, I'll start here. I mean, just start anywhere. But if you need a little more structure than that, there's a great app. It's called Read Scripture. It's an incredible app. I've been using it for the last, I don't know, four or five months now, and it's amazing. It'll literally give you a little video about what you're going to read next so that you understand what you're going to read next better. Read scripture. There's another uh, app that you could get. It's called the YouVersion Bible. It gives you, like if you, wanna, if you want a Bible study or you just want to start reading the scripture like two weeks on who Jesus is. You could, what, what are we doing? We're giving, listen to me. You need to drink from this every day. This is important. Let me tell you something. Every person, if you love Jesus, now this is particularly true of pastors, it's particularly true of missionaries, particularly true of those who are like vocationally serving Jesus. It's particularly true of them, but it's, but it's absolutely true of everyone else that you are going to dry up. That in your walk with Christ, you're going to dry up. You're going to experience great dryness. Beloved, give yourself the opportunity to drink deeply from God's word. Memorize it. Share it. Read it. Meditate on it. Sit silently thinking about it. Apply it. 
Tell others what you've learned. Take time in it. Weep over it. Get into God's Word. That's another well that God has provided. Another well is prayer time. Just, I have, um, I have a consistent prayer life. My, my prayer life is pretty consistent. Every single day, I pray at least once a day, sometimes multiple times. When I say I, I pray, I mean I, I get into a time where I'm not doing anything else but praying. Like I try to pray throughout the day. But, but I'm telling you, there have been times in my life, even as a, I'm, I've been a pastor, where prayer wasn't the priority. Now let me ask you this. Say, for instance, you went to the doctor's office. And the doctor said, okay, so you have this rare disease. Um, and you're going to die. But here's the thing. If you take this little medication that I'm about to give you, if you take it every day, you'll live your normal life. But if you miss one day of this medication, don't go to sleep, you won't wake up. If your doctor told you that, how motivated would you be to take your medication. Anybody know? Like super motivated, right? You wouldn't miss a day. If I try, let me ask you something. If I try to stop you or, or, or distract you from taking your medication, what would you do? You might beat me up. You might push me on the side. You might never speak to me again. What if, what if, what if there was something really fun that the whole family wanted to do, but then if you went, you, weren't, uh, you, you, would, you forgot your medication. Oh, my gosh, I got to go back. No, no, no. What would you do? You'd go back to get your medication, wouldn't you? In other words, you would do everything because you understand that your life hangs into balance. Can I just say this, beloved? Your life hangs in the balance. We need prayer. We need prayer every day. And if, you, if we couple our prayer, it should be like this. Talking to God and then reading scripture, listening to God. And then talking to God and then reading scripture, listening to God. And then talking to God and then reading scripture and listening to God. That's how it works. It's this beautiful dance. Let me just give you the last two really fast. Uh, serving. Would you just become a servant of God? You, never thought, you would never think that serving others is the way to fill up, to drink deeply from the well. But I'm telling you. Serving others, as the team comes up, serving others is an incredible way of experiencing Jesus. And we have tons of opportunities. Listen, especially, um, especially now, it's Mother's Day. Mother, listen, we serve hot meals four times a week here. On Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday, and on Friday, we serve a hot meal. Do you know how to cook? You should serve in that. Do you enjoy cooking? Is that something that you love doing? You should serve in that. What a wonderful opportunity. And the joy of being able to go, even as you're stirring the pot and, you know, doing whatever you're doing today. What are we having today? I think it was arroz con gandules and, and something else. Like, and potato salad. Somebody made that with great joy. And the joy that they get in you enjoying what they've cooked. 
It's like, oh my gosh, God, you mean you gave me this gift, this ability to cook, to serve others so that they could be blessed, so that my joy could increase, so that you could be famed. Yes, that's exactly right. Beloved, we want to serve. And then not only, and there's a million ways to serve in this church. We have food pantry. We have mom's ministry. We have just a million ways to serve in this church. If you love answering the phone or, or if you have any office skills at all, if you, I mean, there's just a million ways to serve. Um, even greeting people at the door when they walk in on a Sunday. Okay. The last one I'll give you is fasting. Fasting. Sometimes you need to skip a meal to be reminded about how important God is. You know what happens with food with me? I use food like it's a like it's a drug. Something bad happens. Something negative 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 happens throughout the day, and then I'll just eat. I remember one time I got off a particularly disturbing, upsetting conversation on the phone, and without my permission, I hung up the phone. I happened to have um, trail mix right next to me, and I just I hung it up and I just. Went into the bag, and I grabbed the big thing, and I, and I was like, what are you doing? You're not even hungry. But it was just, there was this thing where the food comforts me. Listen to me. Food, for some of us, is the way we numb ourselves from our desperate need for Jesus. You know why you don't desperately think you need Jesus? It's because you have things that take it's place. You have other wells that you drink from. Other wells that you think will satisfy. These wells will never satisfy. They'll only deaden your desperate need for Jesus. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And then you'll tell everybody about it. In verse 4, it says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that, he, that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Let it be known. Let it be known that in the dark times, God gets you through. That in the times of desert, God provides wells for us to drink from. I don't know where you are. You might be going through the toughest time in your life. That's possible. Can I encourage you to, as you're going through that desert, that you even, listen to me, even if you were the cause of your suffering, even if you were the reason why you're in the mess you're in, would you just be reminded, oh wait, I'm going to go to the well, I'm going to drink from God's word, I'm going to spend time with God's people, I'm going to fast and memorize and meditate on scripture, I'm going to be reminded that during this dark, dry season, God has provided me what I need to get through. And don't forget, 
in that day. Because this won't be for always. This is just this day. But in that day, you'll be able to praise the Lord and be reminded that he was with you every step of the way. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. I thank you that we could be reminded that whatever we're going through, Lord, is not forever. It's just for now. So, Lord, would you lead us? Lead us in worshiping, honoring, celebrating, lifting high your name. That you would be delighted in and loved surrendered to and that even in this dark time we might find the water that we need the refreshment that we need in order to get through so Lord I pray for my friends who are going through a difficult time right now I pray for the moms that this is not a happy day. I pray for the children who remember the pain that they gave their moms and just again, it's not a happy day for them either. I pray for those who are suffering deeply in silence. Lord, that you by your spirit would move and remind us that this not only will not be for always, that during the time of drought, you've given us wells to drink from, of salvation, that'll help us to get through the dark time, the dry season. Remind us of this, for we do pray. In Jesus' name, amen.